We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios. That's in the Brewer District, just south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. Hi, this is Brett. We have a special podcast episode for you today. We often discuss job opportunities, the intricacies of job searching, and how to reach a successful placement. We thought we'd start 2024 with some positive tips for you, our audience. Whether you're looking for a job or know someone who is, we've got tips from several highly regarded career coaches and human resource professionals. We asked several HR specialists a simple question, what are the top tips you would tell job applicants they should or should not do in the employment search? Well, let's get started with our tips for job searchers from our expert guests. Hey, Brad. This is going to be such a fun opportunity to hear from some of our friends who are local experts in human resources. And our first expert guest is Marilyn Burry Rice. Marilyn is currently the director of the Loda Office of Alumni Career Management for the Ohio State University's Alumni Association. They serve thousands of OSU graduates. Marilyn has provided career services at other higher ed institutions, including Notre Dame, Hanover College, and Ohio Wesleyan. She has also worked in career management and career consulting in private industry, as well as nonprofit programming. Marilyn is an alum of Purdue University with license and certifications from the Council for the Advancement and Support of Education, that's CASE, and career coaching from the National Association of Colleges and Employers, that's NACE. Those are two really large organizations that certify career Uh, individuals. Um, And she's also a certified trainer. Marilyn starts us off with a really important concept. In order to be successful as a job seeker, we have to bust the myth that we are not a great job candidate. Let's hear her tips to overcoming barriers for older candidates. Today, I'm going to talk about three tips that job seekers should do in their employment search. Now, in my role, I work with many 50 plus job seekers and we all have one thing in common. Will we ask ourselves, will an employer take us seriously or are some of those rumors that I hear really true in terms of ageism and whether or not I will be even chosen for an interview? So let's let's talk about tips that can help you overcome some of what we career coaches call myths in the job market. Now you're not imagining it, ageism does exist unfortunately, but here's how you can combat that. First first tip, assess your accomplishments. You are an experienced, valuable job seeker and professional. So you so take a look at your years of valuable work experience and assess your most important accomplishments. What are you most proud of? That's the first step. Secondly, as you look at those accomplishments, what skills did you develop throughout the years at the various places of employment? As a result, particularly as a result of those accomplishments. The third tip is take a look at those skills. Which of those skills can be transferred to your next role, or to some of the positions for which you are applying. And in the next tip, tip number four, 
be strategic about this. Now you're going to gather all that information that you just took some time to assess and put it toward your current job search. Now, those of us who are 50 plus have a lot of experience. We've developed a lot of skills and we have a lot of accomplishments. But please note that you need to be strategic in that you have to, to, to talk about those in a way that the employer is interested. So each job that you apply for has to be crafted, your, your branding, your, your cover letter, your resume, uh, any, any kind of information interviewing. And then finally, the interview has to be crafted toward what that employer needs. So rather than giving your whole autobiography or every accomplishment, narrow it down to what that each of those employers are interested in and have conversations about those. And finally, the fifth tip is to find confidence in what you just did. When you look at your accomplishments that you've gained over the years, when you look at the skills that you've developed as a result, when you have thought about which, which of those skills transfer to other industries or other organizations, and when you have found a way to be strategic, when you plan it out, you will feel so much more confident and so I say that as a fifth tip, take that confidence into the interview. It, I guarantee you it will dispel any myth that an employer has about a mature job seeker. Thanks very much for letting me join you today in this podcast, and I wish you the best of luck. Brett, I think one of the first things that Marilyn talked about, and really one of the most important that I've had to work with with clients is that we really need to focus on accomplishments. Oftentimes people put together a resume and it's just a list of tasks, filing paper, data input without really giving an employer the, the notion of what they have accomplished. An employer wants to know not just that you're going to do the job, but that you are going to make their organization a better place, more efficient, more effective. Really um, make sure that they are creating an, an organization that is going to get things done. If you can tell an employer what you have accomplished, the value you have added to other organizations, they're going to be much more likely to read that resume. Right. It kind of reminds me of the um, when you interview for a sales position and you're asked, okay, sell me this pen. <laughs> and, and it's that, right. okay, you're not really selling the pen, you're selling what the pen can do for you. So what is the accomplishment or accomplishments that that pen has to offer those that buy the pen? So it's, exactly. it's, it's that end result. What did you do? What, what, what actually helped the job or that, 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 the the, um, the employer you were with, how did they move forward with what you offered them and what you did for them during your time? Right. There? And and the, the trick, too, is that if you have created that resume with accomplishments, you've already done the work you need to do to be an effective interviewee. You'll know what you want to talk about with the employer when they ask you those questions sell me this pen. You're going to be able to go in and say, oh, in my previous job, I sold this widget. And this is the way we made that widget not only a bigger item, a more important item, increasing sales, but found how to really pinpoint the audience, 
target the 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 sales to the right people. It it right. is a game changer. Exactly. Yeah. Our next guest is Sharon Hammersley. Sharon's been on uh, been our guide to job seeking for many years, many episodes. As the resume coach, Sharon has been on looking forward our way several times, as I mentioned, providing incredible insight and valuable tips to job seekers. After more than 20 years as an academic and career advisor at The Ohio State University, Sharon began work in other industries, including the private sector, hospital systems, and nonprofits, where she created employee training and education programs. Sharon's an entrepreneur supporting job seekers around the country as the resume coach, the LinkedIn coach, and keys to performance. Sharon continues to assist job seekers of any to reach their career goals through resume reviews, career development coaching, interview preparation, and social media networking, supporting clients as they overcome the barriers which are blocking their success. Sharon holds a bachelor's and master's from The Ohio State University, and she brings a, a very important point to our discussion, one that could make your search successful, or without it, you could be on a path of frustration. Let's listen. My top tip for job seekers for 2024 is develop a job search strategy before you start looking for a job. People who just start applying to jobs without any strategy are likely to experience frustration and burnout. And this is not a great way to start your job search. You know, Brett, it it sounds like it's really simple. Come up with a job search strategy. Um, it's really not simple. It's it can be pretty complicated, and you really might need some help with it. And again, we are going to have resources on this podcast on the web page of the podcast to help you uh, find people who can help you. Uh, like Sharon or nonprofit organizations, but also to give you some insight as to what what are the pieces of the strategy? Here's the difference. You can send out a hundred resumes a week in a shotgun approach or and and get nowhere, or you can really target the employers you want to work for, the kind of job that you want, and have a much more success with a lot less work. The one thing that you never say to an employer is, I'll do any job. I'll do anything. Just hire me. Have a strategy. Know what you want and be able to articulate that. And the employer is going to really listen and want, want to see you on their team. Right. And it could be a strategy, too. I, I When I hear her say this, is that a strategy on how you spend your time looking for a job, too, uh, of that just because you have 24 hours, seven days a week, you, let's just say you're completely unemployed, nothing's going on. That doesn't mean that you need to spend every waking moment looking for a job. Be efficient in how you look, where you look. Uh, but you also need that time for downtime to to you know, regenerate, rethink how you're presenting, what you're doing. Uh, so give yourself some grace of time as well. Oh, absolutely. You can't, you, you'll drive yourself crazy if you're doing it 24 seven. Right. But the other part of that downtime also is a little additional research, finding employers locally that you're looking to work for and, and having a better target, targeted group to pursue and then that also means networking, finding people who can help you learn more about those organizations and maybe get in for an interview to those organizations. So, um, yeah, you want to mix it up. You want to talk to people. You want to have coffee with folks. And 
and have that strategy so that, again, it's not a hundred resumes a week that you're going to be successful. It's the strategy and the targeting that's going to really get you to the job that you really want. Brett, our next expert guest is Rebecca Heslop. She's making her inaugural guest spot with Looking Forward Our Way, and she's going to provide us with her insights on resumes. Rebecca is the Human Resources Director for InnoSource, which is a leading human resource staffing and data agency based here in Central Ohio. During her nearly 20 years of employment with InnoSource, Rebecca has worn many hats growing with the organization. Initially working as a recruiter, Rebecca interviewed clients, reviewed resumes, and supported the applicant tracking system. Moving into senior management roles, Rebecca has honed her talent and skills in training and development, onboarding, recruiting, and employee relations, all critical to creating a strong organizational culture and solid human resources benefits program. Rebecca has a master's in industrial and labor relations from West Virginia University. Her bachelor's is also from WVU in business administration. And when it comes to drafting or updating your resume, I can't stress enough the importance of attention to detail, especially when it comes to spelling and grammar. A resume is likely the first impression you'll make on a recruiter or hiring manager, and it must be error-free. Be sure to spell check as well as grammar check your resume. Another good idea is to have someone proofread it. They may notice something that you have overlooked. Next is the format. You want to make sure your resume is organized and that it is easy to read and get an idea of your experience. Chronologically list your work history, including company name, positions held, and dates of employment. Then clearly and concisely indicate your responsibilities and more importantly, your achievements in your past positions. I recommend bulleted lists for this, not long paragraphs. Also, be sure that your contact information is easy to find. You want it to be easy for a recruiter to reach out to you. Third, consider an objective statement or summary. Including an objective statement at the beginning of your resume can be a great way to highlight your experience, skills, and career goals. The statement should also be clear and concise and probably only one or two sentences long. Another good tip is to tailor this statement to the position you are applying for. Be sure to emphasize the specific skills you possess that make you a strong candidate for the position. For example, if you are applying for an accountant role, be sure to emphasize your finance experience and analytical skills. And when it comes to that customization, this applies not only to the objective statement, but also to your entire resume. You'll want to tailor your resume to the job description of the position you're applying to. Be sure to review the job description and think about the experience that you have that is most directly relevant to the position that you're seeking. As a final thought, when it comes to the length of your resume, two pages is not a deal breaker. It's fine to have more than a one-page resume. Just be sure that all included content is relevant. I hope those suggestions are helpful. Thank you for listening. We were just talking about the importance of resumes showing accomplishments as opposed to a list of tasks. What Rebecca is doing is giving us more detail on what those resumes should look like. And over and above everything, they have to be perfect. You have to have correct spelling, grammar, formatting, 
And you need additional eyes to do that. You can't do it alone. You have to have other people look at it. It's really important that you make a good first impression. You can't make a bad first impression and then try to fix it. It's not going to work. Right. So you and you only get one chance to make that good first impression. Right. So you really have to be careful. And, and now that we have the, we also have the software that can at least have a, a, be another pair of eyes for you, like uh, you know putting in Grammarly, and at least that first run through, kind of going, oh, that's misspelled, that's misspelled. But also take the take the like you said. Other pairs of eyes, not, just not for spelling, but also kind of looking, does that resume make sense? Am I missing something? You know me as exactly. well, too. So look at it as not just a spelling or a grammatical uh, uh, content look, look over. It's that it's what's in it, too, of that person uh, that you're right. asking or people that you're asking to take a look at that resume. Right. Oftentimes, I would look at resumes of clients and I would say, you have said this on your resume. What does that mean? If they can't answer that question, either somebody else wrote the resume for them and they can't defend it in an interview with an employer, or they just put together gobbledygook. Um, those are the kinds of things you really do need to make sure that you understand exactly what you've put in that resume. And it's very easy to put in um, T-H-E-R-E instead of T-H-E-I-R. It's so easy to make those mistakes. So you really have to be careful. Rebecca's given us some great tips. Well, our next expert is Jill Kuhlman. She is the Chief Administrative Officer at FST Logistics. She plays a major role in creating the culture for not only her team, but the entire organization. FST Logistics is an employee-owned business based in Columbus, Ohio. Jill directs the human resources function of FST, devising strategies and policies to to meet the organization's objectives and goals. The functions guided by her and her team include recruitment, driver training and safety, and employee benefit plans. Other areas of expertise for Jill include legal and insurance requirements and ESOP administration, as well as in-depth work on logistics recruiting and the recruiting retention of large-scale call center staffing. She's got her work cut out for her. Uh, Jill holds a bachelor's <laughs> from Ohio, Ohio University and an MBA from the University of Phoenix. Jill's message to job seekers today is to take another look at your resume and while updating it, utilizing that process for the various steps in your job search. Jill provides great details for your job search strategy. First thing you should do is revise your resume. Focus on accomplishments instead of tasks. If you're an insurance salesman, everyone knows what you do. How well do you do it? Were you top 10% in the company? Did you win any awards? Were you 125% of quota? Under each position you have held, the first three bullet points should be accomplishments versus responsibilities. Number two, be active on LinkedIn. Make sure your profile is updated. Post your own content to show that you are knowledgeable in your area of expertise. Try to try to do more individual content versus reposting content. And let a bit of your personality shine on LinkedIn, but caution, keep it professional. What you put on Facebook or Instagram is not what you should put on LinkedIn. And seek out companies that you want to work for and comment on their posts. This is a great way to start dialogue with both hiring managers as well as human resources. Number three, know yourself and identify the types of roles and companies that you will excel in. Be strategic about where you apply and know how you will fit into the role and organization, as well as how you're going to drive value for both the department and the company. And also be able to articulate this in an interview. 
Number four, prepare for your interview big time. Research the position, research the company, and research the industry. What trends are happening in the industry? What goals does the company have and how can you help them achieve it? And have questions at the end of the interview that show you have done your research and you are thinking strategically about the company. Here's an example. I see you have 3% year-over-year growth in the last five years. Are you looking to diversify your product offering in order to capture additional market share? And finally, network, network, network. Put yourself out there. Go to networking events. Grab business cards. Take people out to coffee. Be inquisitive. Make yourself known to as many people as you can. You never know who can help you in your career search. Jill has brought some incredible detail to what we've already talked about. We've already mentioned that resumes have to be perfect. They have to be accomplishments, not a list of tasks. What she is showing is all of those bits and pieces that Sharon mentioned about doing a strategic plan of your job search. Utilize that resume for not just the document that it is, but to help you hone in on the industries you want to work in, the employers you want to work for. Utilize that information when you're going into LinkedIn, doing your research and you're comparing what you're finding on LinkedIn and what you're really interested in. Sometimes we get into LinkedIn and it can be so much information, we lose track of what the direction. We run ourselves into various holes down a lot of different paths. We lose track of what we're really trying to do. And finally, too, that notion of that resume is going to be critical for you to do your networking. You can reach out to people, and if you can provide them with a a great resume, they're going to know what it is you're looking for. They're going to be better able to help you in a networking session, and then more likely to be willing to network with you because they have an idea of what you need. If you just go again and say, I want to do anything, they're not going to put the time into that. Right. Listening to her response, uh, I'll bring a real-life situation to this. Our, our daughter just um, left one state, went across the country, now living on an, on the other side of the country, basically. And uh, I'm listening to this. I'm thinking, you know what? She is is not in any better shape than an older adult in these in these areas. Everybody at every stage of their looking for a job has to encounter all these things and and and. Mm-hmm master them. Uh, So don't think as a 55, 60, 65 year old person that a 25 year old person has an advantage over you in these areas. Not a bit, not a bit. They have to struggle with every bit of these as well too, with the networking of, of honing in their resume, changing this, you know, working against every disadvantage a younger person has as an older advantage of of all the software that's out there in regards to putting your resume in It's almost a level playing field to a certain degree. Mm Mm-hmm with every age group trying to find a job. So don't think just because of your age and maybe not being in the job market for 10 years that it's a it's a pure disadvantage. I think it all equals out. It, it really does. And that's the, the mistake people make. And they could be 40, 50, or 60. They haven't been in the job market for a while. They either don't know what to do or don't want to do all the work of finding another job. But as you said, you can create a, a, a level playing field for yourself by doing the the steps that are necessary. 
Yes, you may just walk into the local Home Depot and fill out the online application right there at the customer service counter and get a job. Is that what you want to do? If it is, great. If it's not, let's step back a little bit, do the steps that need to be done, and then move forward with your job search. Let's hear some tips on what to not do in a job search. Darlene Zebel is an experienced strategist and consultant specializing in supporting businesses through strategic growth planning. She's a veteran entrepreneur, board director, CEO, and management consultant. She uses her enterprise-wide level of experience as a Fortune 100 management consultant and her entrepreneurship to provide a unique blend of business talent to support her clients. Darlene has also owned several private companies, ranging from business consulting in the IT realm to ownership of a travel leisure entity. She's the founder and CEO of the Center for Women Business Owners, which provides women business owners with the education, motivation, and networking needed to sustain and grow their companies. Darlene holds a bachelor's from Northeastern Illinois University and an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Here are Darlene's tips on common mistakes we make in a job search. The first tip is make sure you don't post inappropriate material on social media. Engaging in unprofessional discussions or having a negative online presence can really harm your professional image. Many employers check your social media profiles as part of their hiring process. So you want to maintain a positive and professional online presence. And that includes the images that you post. Because this is going to be, you know, this is how they're going to con- consider you portraying uh, your new employer. And that's how you're going to represent them. Another thing that you don't want to do is send out generic cover letters. Generic cover letters, without tailoring them to the specific job or the industry that you're going in, it just gives them the impression that you're generally not interested in the specific, you know, specific position. Uh, so tailoring your cover letter shows that you've done your research and you're really enthusiastic about the opportunity. Otherwise, you're just going to look like one of the other hundreds of applications that they're going to receive, especially today with online job postings which gives me to tip number three. You, don't, you do not want to ignore live networking opportunities. You cannot solely rely, solely rely on online searches. Uh, networking is crucial in job searching because that's where you're going to connect with professionals in your specific industry. You don't want to limit yourself to valuable job leads or potential referrals. A lot of positions are... Uh, you know, uh, accepted through some type of referral system. When I was president of a company hiring 150 people, the applications we looked at first were the ones that were referred to us by the people who were already working in our company. Because we took that as something that these people already checked out the applicant and that they would be a good fit for my firm. So I hope these uh, tips help you and good luck in your job search. I love Darlene's idea or suggestion uh, about social media. Uh, We are really accustomed to seeing and posting things on social media and not really thinking about 
the end result years down the road. And I, I think as our generation has matured into social media, we're probably a little bit better about it, maybe. But but at the same time, it's easy to hit post on something that you it, later on you're kind of going, "Why did I post that picture?" You, you you just didn't think about it. It's almost that, you know, maybe at the moment, don't post it, give it a day, and think about, ah, should I have posted that picture mm-hmm. from from right. this party, from this or that? You just you never know. You never don't know. hit or, that arrow until you're really sure. Exactly. Or maybe take a look at that picture. Other things around you in that picture may not be just you, but what's around you in that picture or a post that you make as we enter into a very volatile political year, uh, you know, with elections. This is another time to be thinking to think about what you do post. I'm not saying not to speak your mind. You sure do. But think about what it can do to you down the road. Right. Um, and, I, and I hate that situation that we have to look at that. I really do because we should be able to speak our minds and, 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 and give thoughts to what we are concerned about and, and um, uh, want to make sure that we, we take a stand if, if there's something we want to take a stand on, but um, it can backfire. I, I have a, a funny story. I, when I was many, many, many years ago, when social media was first coming out, the students were going out and being pretty crazy on, on what they were posting. We had a huge event with a, a recruiter from one of the very large government entities. Um, and he was looking for uh, students to do internships and to be hired to do major research projects. So the students were real excited and all. He mentioned, he goes, yeah, be careful what you put out on Facebook. And this young man goes, puts his hand up and he goes, I don't have you as my friend. You're not going to see my page. <laughs> and this recruiter just looked at him and he goes, I'm from the blank, blank, blank. Do you really think we don't see what's out there? And, and it doesn't matter whether it's a government entity or a large employer. There are ways to find what you've posted. So don't think you can hide behind your keyboard. It's out there and people are going to see it. So you have to be careful. Yeah. And and I'm sure, you know, our listeners over episodes uh, that are specific to employment opportunities and job search and such like that are just sick of hearing us talk about networking opportunities and to, to network. <laughs> I and I know that. I I uh, you know and but and it's maybe one of the hardest things to do, but it is also one of the easiest things to accomplish once you get over those hurdles. Right. And you know, I it, I always tell folks that I'm an introvert but I'm a great networker because I am inherently nosy. So I like to ask people questions. Every young person I see in every grocery store, I'm like, where do you go to school? What are you studying? You know, all of those kinds of things. What do you want to be? Where are you applying for jobs? Mm-hmm. And it, it's that's natural for me. But it's really, really hard to put yourself out there. If you have done your homework, done all the strategic planning, have a great resume, practice your interview skills with other people, networking is really not that hard. It's actually easier because you aren't in a a formal situation of somebody asking you specific employment questions. It's just time to like find out what's going on. Networking is just so important. And informational interviewing, which not enough people do, is just critical and so wonderful in getting information. You know, it's 
asking someone who is in maybe in the job you want or a job with a company you want to work for, and all you're trying to do is get information. You're not applying for a job. You're getting information. People love to talk about their job, especially if they like the company and like the job. But it's it's really a way to fortify the information and research you've done and get the facts. You want the facts. So informational interviewing is a form of networking and can be really critical. Brett, our final guest is Kelly Fuller, Vice President, Talent and Workforce Development for the Columbus Chamber. Our audience has heard Kelly in the past giving our Looking Forward Our Way audience an annual review of the workforce trends that they could expect during the new year. Prior to her work at the Columbus Chamber, Kelly was the Eastland Fairfield Career and Technical Schools as a coordinator of adult workforce development programs. Her previous experiences include positions in human resources, coordinating healthcare tracks as a senior trainer in private industry, also training and sales management positions, and with the Chambers of Commerce in Southern Ohio. Kelly attended Miami University and holds a bachelor's from Mount Vernon Nazarene University. In this section of our episode today, Kelly has pulled together three really important reminders for job seekers of any age and any level of experience. One, when you see a job posting and you're evaluating all the different skill sets that are necessary for that job, give yourself permission, even if you can't do all the things that are listed. There's a good chance that the employer has placed a laundry list or a wish list out, not a necessary list, but go ahead and give yourself permission to apply for things even if you don't think that you meet all the requirements. And I'm speaking specifically to um, women in in the audience who typically uh, discount themselves when they're not able to do 100% of what's listed. So the second tip I would offer is use LinkedIn. You know, find, find your friends, your network, your family members, your colleagues, former colleagues that are employed at different businesses or in different industries and really leverage those relationships. They'll be able to tell you a lot about the company that you're researching. And that brings me to the third and final. Really do some real in-time research on the companies that you would like to work for. Find out what's going on in their industry, what their growth plans are. Really read beyond just the newspaper and the headlines that you see on social media. Really dig into some industry type of um, publications as well to see how things are going. We all know that certain industries are flourishing right now, especially in Ohio. So let's find out how we can plug into all that great energy. You know, Brett, what was interesting about the different perspectives we have in this episode is that Darlene and Kelly both come to us from an employer perspective. So the tips they're giving job seekers are really giving us great insight into what employers are looking for. She really honed in on not just understanding the position and the employer, but to believe that you can do the job. Put yourself out there, network your way into an organization, into a position, but really believe in yourself. That's so important to a, for a job seeker. Yeah, you know, and I think that's been a common theme from all of our experts is that, you know, believe in yourself. Believe that you can do the job that you're applying for. If, if you've done the uh, 
the, a really good job of preparing yourself, preparing that resume, being ready for an interview, you're going to go in with that positive attitude into that interview. Yeah. And, and an employer, the, that potential employer is going to, to see that. They're going yes. to recognize that. They're going to recognize the confidence. Right. Um, and, and really, it's, it's almost addictive <laughs> that they're going to want you there on their team because of the positive influence, the positivity that you're presenting at just an interview. Absolutely, so it, 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 that's that's really huge, and I and, and and I think, again, all of our experts in this episode, thank goodness that they gave us their time because I think every one of them had some great insight. Even if you just take one or two things from each one of them, right? It's been great. It's right. Great. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear responses from our audience, and uh, would love to do this again. Exactly. Well, many thanks to our expert guests in human resources and career advising for joining us in this episode. Marilyn Barry Rice from the Ohio State University's Alumni Association, Loda Office of Career Management, Sharon Hamersley, our resume coach, Rebecca Heslop from Innosource, Jill Kuhlman from FST Logistics, business growth expert Darlene Zabel, and Kelly Fuller from the Columbus Chamber. Thanks, listeners, for joining us. And don't forget to check our show notes on the website for the contact information and resources we've discussed today. You can find all of this information at lookingforwardourway.com. And we're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this or any of our podcast episodes. 